Hey everyone, we're back with the District 3 Podcast, episode 201. My name is Irvin. Um, Elena couldn't be with us today, but joining us as a guest co-host, uh, we have Miguel Palacios, also known as Migs, uh, joining us today for the first time. Miguel, how are you doing today? I am doing well. Glad to be here, man. And if you had to introduce yourself to someone, uh, who, do you, who would you say Miguel, aka Migs, is as a person, for those that don't know you? Uh, Migs as a person is a is a tall, handsome, witty, mm-hmm. young individual okay. with a lot of uh, charisma okay. and uh, drive. Hey, hey. <laughs> what about professionally? If you have to do, introduce yourself professionally, you're going to like some uh, professional event. They're like, "Who is Miguel Palacios? How would you introduce yourself?" Uh, see, that's the hard part. Uh, I do a lot of different things, but I think I got the spiel down now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a I would consider myself, uh, I am the technical director director at the AMP. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do all the video there, uh, well, for most bands. And, uh, and then I also do freelance camera work for corporate events and concerts and sporting events, mm-hmm. CBS, ESPN. I mm-hmm. got my own little company where I do commercials and uh, just product videos and stuff for companies and local businesses and stuff like that. Mm. And, um, yeah, and a lot of, you know, I try to get myself involved in projects such as uh, movies and mm-hmm. just anything creative, anything to get the juices going. And I, I, I thought you were going to add at the end tall and witty. And, and, uh, <laughs> you didn't do that. <laughs> Professionally, you're a whole other type of Miguel. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, did you already get, uh, do you already know if you're going to be recording or if you're going to be attending the Peso Pluma event coming up? Uh, no, uh, they usually, we get the advanced about two or three weeks in advance, mm-hmm. so that's when I would know about two if I'm actually doing that event or not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I mean, I hope I am. If not, you know, I'll be there with you, you buddy. tickets? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think that's so cool. You, you were telling me that with the AMP, uh, sometimes the artists bring their own camera folks and their own video folks, but then the ones that don't are the ones where you kind of step in and you do that work, right? Uh, yeah, like uh, like the Luke Bryans and the uh, Foo Fighters, they can uh, somehow they can afford to uh, <laughs> bring their own crew. But yeah, I yeah. mean everything they bring, they're on the road. I mean, so far, what do you think is one of your most favorite ones you've done? My most favorite ones I've done. Okay, I got like uh, got I got two. two. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then this all happened this year. Uh, the number one, Snoop Dogg and Wes Khalif, mm. when they gave me the news, like, hey, man, do you want to direct this con- concert? I was like, dude, oh, I've yeah. been listening to these guys since I was like Oh, and you're a from little California kid. too, right? So it's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, so that was like a dream come true, you know? Mm-hmm. I was out there, like, all dodgered out, ready to go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was a tough show, but uh, so I think as far as highlights, I mean, I've probably done bigger, but for me, that was like. That's cool. Yeah. By the way, we we met. Uh, well, we were, we kind of already knew of each other, right? But we we sat down and had a drink. This was it. This past weekend, I don't even remember when it yeah, was. Yeah, it was. Um, and and we I think we were like for like an hour and thirty minutes. We hung out, and then I went home, and then I saw I had like a lot of I still had a lot of uh, sunscreen on my face because I had gone to the pool before I met with you. Oh wow! And I was like all white in my face, and I was like, man, Miguel didn't tell me anything. I was sitting with him for like an hour and 30 minutes in a bar notice. full of people. Yeah, I didn't notice. And uh, you were like right in front of me, and I was like, Miguel didn't even tell me I had all this white stuff on my face, which made me look like a zombie, but yeah, uh, I didn't notice. <laughs> you didn't even notice? Yeah. Okay, I guess the drinks were that good, I guess. Um, but I'm glad that you're joining us, Miguel. I talked to you um, at the at the um, 
at the bar and I was telling you how I feel like you're going to help us be better audio wise and, and everything wise. You already adjusted our guest mic <laughs> oh, <laughs> a yeah. few minutes ago. Yeah, so, you know, that's something that, you know, it, it's, I can't do everything. So yeah. I appreciate you taking the initiative and then I'm just excited about how you're going to make us better as a, as a podcaster. Thanks for being here. Um, joining us today, uh, our guest is Audrey Vega, who has an installation here in Springdale this weekend, which I'm excited to talk about, where she's honoring her, her family, um, the Vega family, specifically Virginia Vega and Eddie Vega. Eddie, who's been a past guest on our podcast and also who uh, we actually had our show there for about a year and a half oh, wow. at the Civic Center. So we, we appreciate him greatly. Uh, but Audrey, how are you doing today? Yeah, good morning. I'm good. I'm grateful to be here. Thank you all so much for reaching out to me. I'm super excited to just share more about the event and talk a little bit about my family. Yeah, I saw the the flyer online and uh, it just it just got my attention because well, anytime that there's something you know being done by Latinos in, mm -hmm. in Springdale, like art wise, I think it's super important to highlight and yeah. and uh, and and I didn't know that you were an artist. You know, I think yeah. we followed <laughs> each other on Instagram mm -hmm. for a while now. And uh, maybe, I'm not sure how much you post on there in regards to your art. Yeah, I have a, a separate art account that I, okay. it was more active, of course, when I was in college. Um, I went to school for psychology, art, and art history. Um, so I was a little bit more active um, with my artistry back then. I will say since I've been in full-time work, I work in community engagement. Um, I'm an educator, and so I... Uh, it's hard. It's hard finding mm -hmm. time to make art. And I had been, you know, really interested in pursuing an art opportunity just because I didn't know the landscape of, of opportunities here in Northwest Arkansas until, I mean, really it exploded the last five, ten years. Mm -hmm. um, and so growing up in this area, I just, I never saw that. So I didn't even know what was out there until recently. Mm. So I feel like that's when I've kind of been more interested in, in going back into my art practice. And truthfully, I was a little burnt out um, from college. And I, yeah, I kind of separated myself from art making for a while. But this opportunity came up and mm. like it just seemed like perfect timing and really something that I care deeply about and, and mm. was in the process of even learning myself, like my family history, like I was sharing with you before mm -hmm. um, we started recording. Um, so, yeah, I'm just grateful for this opportunity to do it. But yeah, I, I kind of, I don't really show like uh, my art stuff on my personal account as much yeah. as, as I used to, I would say. But I'm also not really active on social media mm -hmm. as much. Like I'll post from time to time, but I feel like since COVID and everything, um, that's when my presence on, on social yeah. media just kind of dwindled. Um, I feel you. I feel like I post too much <laughs> myself. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but where does where? Let's talk a little bit about like your your origin. You were you born here in Arkansas? Yeah, I was. I was uh, born in Fayetteville, like in the women's clinic. I can't remember exactly what it's called, um, but was raised in Springdale up until I was about seven years old, mm -hmm. and then um, we moved to my grandparents and Rogers, um, my mom's parents, and. Uh, we supported them financially. I say we. I was like seven. <laughs> <laughs> they supported them they had financially. had you working at a young age. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like literally. Um, but it was a packed house. You know, it was like 10 of us living in my grandparents' three-bedroom. Um, mm -hmm. And I, so I lived in Rogers for a long time in a neighborhood um, known as uh, Little Mexico. Um, okay. Little Mexico. I think I've heard about it, yeah. Yeah, it's like. I think uh, I live there. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of, of by like now, yeah. Yeah, so you, you know. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, it was like a lot of fun growing up there. And then. 
once I went to the U of A, um, I moved to Fayetteville for a few years, and now I'm back in Rogers. So I've kind of lived all over the place, mm -hmm. uh, and through my community engagement work, I get to travel all across like the Northwest Arkansas region, mm -hmm. and to Fort Smith, Eureka Springs, and even Tahlequah, so oh, okay. Oklahoma, yeah. And so where is your family originally from? Yeah, so... That's that's a loaded question. I is mean, it? I, I have, from all over the place, right? I guess. Yes, because um, I mean, truthfully, like I was sharing with you, um, I have like like well over a hundred family members here in the Northwest Arkansas region alone, from like my mom's side, my dad's side, my step family side. Like, I guess since you're focused on, on this installation under the Vega name, where, where does that family come from? Yeah, so um, they come from Topia Durango, um, okay. where my grandma and, and my uncle and, and their siblings. Um, and then they migrated to Spring or to California, and then um, to Springdale um, in the '90s. My grandma came, I believe, in '92 or '93. Um, and then my uncle followed shortly after to help support her business. She opened um, La Mexicana, which was the first like Latina-owned uh, tienda here in the region. Um, and so he helped support that expansion, and then of course went on to his own endeavors. And mm -hmm. so it, I think. Once they, they started kind of coming into this area, that's when a lot of families saw, like, oh, there, there's work happening. Like, our family is starting up these businesses, getting involved. Like, there's there are things to be had. It was, you know, obviously, like, a cheaper cost of living as well. So it just – and I think the rural aspect, too, um, mm. also, like, made it just seem, like, very familiar. Um, mm. So your family – I mean, you said that you have a, a big family yeah. here. Um, I think that's, and I've seen it, I think I've seen it on social media, I've mm -hmm. seen it in person and everything yeah. and, and how big it is. Um, you said you studied psychology. Mm -hmm. is, there, is there a reason for that? Like, I feel like there always is a reason for someone wanting to get into that, yeah, that field. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I've had like a few or some pretty big traumatic events happen mm. growing up. Um, my father got deported when I was mm. like in fifth, fifth, sixth grade. Um, and like, you know, just went through a lot of mental health problems and that was never really addressed in the family. Yeah. Um, I feel like th that's still a lot of trauma that I'm uncovering and just learning to process and deal with like on my own therapy, um, but also just like growing up and, and mm -hmm. figuring out like, wow, I never thought about how this impacted me growing mm -hmm. up, but I always have like felt a need to like help others and listen to others. I think just seeing it from my mother, from my grandmothers, um, you know, they're always active. You know, my mom would never hesitate if she saw someone like walking down the street on a hot day, she'd like pull over and be like, hey, hop in the car, like mm -hmm. I'll take you to, to the tienda, like, mm -hmm. you know, it's no problem. So I think just seeing that from a young age, um, I've just always had an interest and like I said, I went through my own like mental health problems and traumatic events. So mm -hmm. I think just wanting to learn more about like what that meant for me. Um, yeah. It was more of like a personal thing that then expanded into like there's a need for it, you know. And I think especially in the Latina community, like mm -hmm. I think it's becoming more um, accepted. And you know, my my parents are very welcoming to it as well. And you know, are actually like. Audrey, when are you going to be an art therapist? You know, like, when are you going to go back to school and get yeah. your your uh, certifications? I'm like, well, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> I want to go back to what you said, but you talked about um, your dad's deportation. I, yeah. I, I experienced the same thing. My dad mm -hmm. was deported when I was, I think, like 14 or 13. Yeah. So, and I didn't really think about it, uh, really, how, how it affected me till now that I'm an adult. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think I've even brought it up in therapy yet, which I need to. Yeah, I, I brought it up, like, once. But I'm still very, like, mm. new in my, my therapy journey, so. Really, oh, I get you. Yeah. yeah, it's just, I mean, the fact, you know, in that kind of situation, 
you're literally separated from from a family member mm-hmm. and the trauma there that it causes in your entire life like I feel like it goes unnoticed a lot in that kind of situation for a lot of people yeah. and no one wants to talk about it because no one wants to highlight their family and say like okay we're undocumented or mm-hmm. this family member is undocumented yeah. because that can cause problems right mm-hmm. um, but I feel like it's important you know for us to talk about it in therapy for me specifically I know that it affected me and you know when my dad got deported I kind of had to like be I had to pretty much learn how to become a man by myself mm. and I only had women in my family so I kind of became a man but guided by women which yeah. I appreciate because sure. I feel like I'm more empathetic mm-hmm. you know yeah. because of because <laughs> I was raised that way and I'm more understanding and stuff but man that trauma is real yeah no for sure and, and thank you for sharing that yeah, yeah. I, it's not something that I've talked about publicly or I mean even like with friends it's not really something that I like to bring up because Mm -hmm. it's you know I have like a very complicated relationship with with my father because he's deported Mm. and because when I was you know growing up and in those very like developmental like very important stages of life he he wasn't around and Mm. I didn't know what that meant like I think he was the first family member that I ever experienced having uh to get deported Mm. and and really has been like one of the only only experiences which I'm thankful for but um that that you know that hasn't happened but I didn't even know he was undocumented before mm, yeah. you know this all happened like I you know it wasn't something that I, I don't think they wanted to share with their kids yeah. you know it was very taboo still you know mm-hmm. as as we were growing up in this area and like the Latina presence was still expanding and, and growing um and yeah it just brought a lot of fear afterwards like I had you know I had step siblings from from my stepmom with him and, and half siblings and who I'm barely reconnecting with now um, just because it traumatized us all. Mm-hmm. We didn't know, I didn't know yeah. how to even like go go back to my yeah. family and doing normal things and, and seeing the same people without my dad there. So, mm. you know, and then I just went through, like as I grew up, you know, I always felt like, oh, like, you know, I'm, I want to go back to them. Like I, I want to mend these relationships. I want yeah. to like, uncover what what did this do to me because I just kind of distanced myself but Mm -hmm. that was the only tactic I I knew at the time so Mm. have you gone to go back to Mexico um just a couple times and and I've seen him like Mm -hmm. like twice since it's happened so that's also been weighing on me a lot and and I will say like being young whenever I went to it was like, I feel like I took it for granted, you know? Yeah. Like, I was just like, oh, I'm we in tend Mexico. To do that. Like, uh, yeah. like, I want to have fun, you know? And, and we tend like, to do that. Yeah, like, and we would, like, go out and, and, like, do all the fun things. But, like, you know, I, I never asked him, like, how are you doing? Like, yeah. like how has this process been for you? Like, mm-hmm. You didn't talk to him on the phone before that or anything? Uh, no, I mean, even when I talk to him now, it's very, like, sparse. Um, mm-hmm. I will say his communication style is very, uh, well, as is mine, you know, yeah. I, I think we're just not used to that cadence of like reaching out regularly and and it's just something that developed over the years and I think too that like that I had a lot to do with it because I just didn't want to talk to him I was like I was very upset I didn't know what this meant and um and of course there's a lot that I I personally don't want to dive into with his deportation um and why he got sent away but yeah and I think it's when you talk about like the well there's a lot there's a lot to unpack there right yeah I mean I think Generally speaking, the parents of that era still, it's very difficult to have to like break that pride that they have mm-hmm. and and communicate with their yeah. kids sometimes. I, and, and then talking about how um, that for you, maybe you don't communicate with him as much as, as you want to. Mm-hmm. 
I had the same situation with my dad. Yeah. I was I was just in my own world, right? Yeah, that's and I was just kind of like, yeah. and 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 kind of going also back to what you said about going to Mexico and maybe just wanting to have fun and stuff. One time I went to Mexico, it, it was before my dad passed away, but <laughs> one time I went to Mexico and all I did was play video games over there. Yeah. The whole time that I was over there. Because they had, like, a Sega Genesis, mm. and I didn't have any video games. Yeah. We, were, yeah. we were pretty poor. So, like, I, I spent just most of the time just being in the room playing, like, FIFA mm. uh, yeah. from the Sega Genesis. And then now that I'm older, I'm like, dang, I ruined that whole trip by just mm. either being there or going to the, you know what the Ciber is? Have you heard of the Ciber mm-hmm. in Mexico? In Mexico, the Ciber is where you can go and, like, get on computers. And, oh, like, yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we went to some of those. Like, <laughs> so I spent my entire yeah. time doing those two things. And... When I was a kid, I didn't even think about it. I was just like, I'm here. I want to have fun, yeah. Yeah. you know. But now when I'm an adult, I'm like, man, I could have gone visit my aunt, could have done this, could have done that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's just as long as you understand that eventually and you try to do better, then, then it's good. But every situation is complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful that you shared that. I know that yeah. um, that will get some people to, to kind of even connect with you more and connect with your story because our stories are very complicated yeah. as immigrants. There's so many things that happen, you know, and there's – and there's so much trauma yeah. that comes from all these different factors. So it's kind of like it really is up to us to break that generational trauma, mm-hmm. you know, to be a little bit more communicative with yeah. our family members, to love more, to, like, put our walls down and, and, like, not have so much pride. For sure. And I appreciate you sharing that and, mm. and even just sharing about your experience, too, because, like I said, it's not really something that I share very often or, or even talk to others about. So even yeah. just hearing your story, it, it, like, brings me, like, some sense of peace. Like, oh, mm. like, I, you know, I'm not the only one who has gone through this. Um, you ever talk yeah. about your story and then you're and then you're like, oh, shoot, I experienced that? Because, yeah. like, right now that I told you about my dad, I'm like, oh, damn, my dad got deported? No, like, yeah. it just it gives me, like, a reality check. I'm like, I, oh, shoot. No I was I'm, really, like, tripped out about it, but both your guys is, yeah. like, missing, like, a parent growing up, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, that would... That would change everything for me. Like I wouldn't, I would be doing something else. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I, you know, as I've gotten older, and of course, I'm I'm being open with with my parents. And whenever I told them I wanted to go to therapy, they're like, "Well, why?" I'm like, "Well, I experienced this and and this mm-hmm. and this and this." And then saying it out loud, like at the end, we were all like sobbing. It's like, mm-hmm. how did you go through all that mehem? Like I don't know. Like it just kind of happened. Um, and and wasn't like I I think I would close myself off a lot yeah. and, and not really address it. And so nobody really knew what I was going through. If you ever want to get a good cry with your mom, and yes. I did this. I saw this on TikTok, and I was like, I'm going to do this. I saw this on TikTok, and, and I sat down with my mom, and I asked her what were the five most happiest moments of her life. Oh, oh man. I got to do that. And she did it. Oh, and I'm we like were, already teary up. Oh, like, <laughs> And and I, I sat down. I think we only. I think we were only. We, okay, we had one drink in us. Okay, mm-hmm. like yeah. I had a margarita. No, I had a, not a margarita. I had a cantarito in me. Mm-hmm. And she and she had a beer or something. We were just sitting down. And I asked her, um, and yeah, she, she, just some of the the things that I never even thought, like yeah. her perception on stuff. I also asked her how it was to be pregnant with me, mm-hmm. like how that experience was it hard for her? Yeah. Like what did she go through and stuff? And Jesus, that brought like that made us cry. Oh, and I know but that would make me cry. But I would, but I, but it's like those things that you want to know about your parents, you know, before they pass away, because then they take yeah. those stories with you, and you don't know what happened. Yes, yeah. uh, and that that's something that I'm I'm really just diving into now. Like as as an adult, I'm like, there's a lot I don't know, even just about my parents. Like I don't yeah. I don't know what my mom went through growing up. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know like, like I'm just now uncovering a lot of my family's contributions. Like I've taken 
the fact that we've been around and been here and that I have all my family here for granted. And so I I appreciate you sharing that because mm-hmm. that is something that I think is, is really of importance to me, especially right now. And, and even just talking with my grandma, like about um, just trying to learn more about like her community work and just how she got here and everything that she opened up. She's like, oh yeah, like, you know, there are lots of friends of mine who were a part of this, but they've since passed and mm. there's no one to credit them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, you know, their stories weren't shared and now yeah. it feels too late. And, mm-hmm. and she always says too, like, she's very humble and is like, you know, they'll know my story when I die. And I'm like, no, you're still very much alive. You're still mm-hmm. very healthy. Like you are, you are still here. Like I want to honor um, yeah. those contributions. And I think one of the things that is really interesting to think about, specifically here in Northwest Arkansas, um, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is just me thinking this, but I feel like people of color's history, mm-hmm. it like when they do good or they or they create things, is not very well documented. Yeah, and. You know, throughout the years, you'll hear about, like, these white people that, mm. that did things and they get their own park. Oh, yeah. They get their own, like, they get streets named after mm. them and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and, but you don't really hear, like, like, we need stuff honoring, you know, your uncle yeah. who's done a lot of good things For in sure. our community. You know, we, we need to honor Papa Rap who's done a lot of good things in the yeah. community. Diana Gonzalez, Word, and all these people, yes. Latinos, yes. that yeah. have done so much for the community, but I feel like the cities don't really honor them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. a lot of the times it's up to us to document this, and this is what you're doing. You yeah. know, you're documenting, like, your family's history there <laughs> yeah. and in creating a space for that, for other people to understand, you know, like, my family members are powerful too. Like, we, mm-hmm. you know, we're not super rich, but, like, yeah. we, you know, we, we've been doing this, we've been doing that, we mm-hmm. created this this kind of social impact. And, and that's why I, I felt it was important to highlight what you're doing because it's Thank like... You we need to create that space to highlight our ancestors and our family members that are doing great things, you know, because people of color are doing great things too. For sure. And you know? we've always been doing great things. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of people seeing that and, and acknowledging it and yes. editing uh, us. I was going to say, to me, um, I remember I went to uh, San Antonio, and, and this was during the Trump era. Me, mm-hmm. me and my parents went down there to have a you know a good time. We never had, like, a family vacation yeah. before. Mm-hmm. And we were going down the... The river walk on that little boat or whatever, and then I love uh, that place. and then I saw um, their convention center. It was like the Henry Gonzalez Convention Center. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like right there, like like it might sound weird to people. I told this to people, and it sounds weird, but like I got like tears coming down my eyes, mm-hmm. you know. And it was just kind of like like the first time that I've seen like a Hispanic name like on a mm-hmm. big building like that, you know. So to me, it was kind of like. I don't know, especially like during that era, you know, like when it was just kind of like everybody get out kind of, you know, yeah. so it was kind of a, I don't know, just a, no, yeah, like we're here, yeah. dude. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway, new goal. I'm going to get my name on the building. Hey. Yes. Yeah. And, and for, <laughs> me, <laughs> for me, like back, back in 2015, you know, I, I ran for state representative of Springdale yeah. mm-hmm. and I was the only brown person, right. That was running for office in the whole state at that time, I, I believe. Uh, and I would go to other cities and then like I would see like so many people, so many brown people running for office. And I would go to Texas, yeah. Yeah. you know, I'd go to, well, specifically Texas because I would go to Dallas a lot mm-hmm. and I would just see a, like, a, like a bunch of Latinos running at the same time. I'm like, damn, like why can't we do this here? Yeah. Like what's going on? We got, a, we got all the brown people over there too. You know, yeah. like we have smart people, passionate people, people that care about other people in the community. Yeah. Like why can't we change that? Yeah. And, and I feel like 
we've kind of changed the culture of Springdale in, 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 North, in Northwest Arkansas in the past few years. We've been more visible, mm-hmm. you know, whether it being through art, yeah. whether it being through politics, whether it being through media. And uh, hopefully we continue to evolve on that, you know, because we're here, we're here to stay. And, you know, we also can do cool things too. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, uh, when, I'm, when I barely moved here, I moved to Springdale with my parents. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, the reason I moved out is because I felt like like it had like no soul, you know. You would go to Fayetteville; they would have their little activist rallies, mm-hmm. and you can, you know, there's a heartbeat to the town. Yeah. And but when I was in Springdale, like I didn't feel that at all, you mm-hmm. know. Like downtown wasn't what downtown is now. Like it had no, no bars, like yeah. n- 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 <laughs> no kind of like liveliness to that town. It was just kind of put together. And yeah, you're right. I mean, now I see it, and it's like wow, like yeah. they've. Yeah, it, it's, it, it, has, it, has, it has a beat now. I love know? that the Marshallese people have their own space too. To like, they just had yeah. the stroll the atolls this past weekend, yeah. and I like that they're they're becoming like they're feeling more comfortable. Um, I wish I wish we as a city would be a little bit more welcoming towards them because I feel like they've had to force their space. Yeah. The Marshallese people have, but you know, this stroll the atolls event that I went to this past weekend, there was a bunch of people there that weren't Marshallese. Mm-hmm. They were just there supporting, which is very heartwarming to see. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this installation, Andre. Yeah. Um, can you give us some information as to what you're doing, when it is, where it's at, for and sure. uh, for the people that are might be interested in showing up this past week, this next weekend? Yeah. So uh, the installation is called Los Hermanos Vega, rooted in Springdale. Uh, it is taking place at the Live in America Springdale residency, um, which is literally it's it's just a house. It's a mm-hmm. house owned by the director uh, Cara or Cara Martinez, um, and I'm taking over the yard, um, doing a series of yard art installation so it's um public art it's you know for everyone to come it's going to be a big community party from four to six this saturday august 5th we'll have a dj girlfriend uh playing some music and then shout out dj girlfriend past guest yeah we'll also have the shiloh museum doing some jewelry making um art activities and then we'll have a storytelling component where i'll be interviewing my tío eddie and my grandma virginia and just Mm. learning a little bit more about their history for for guests to see and it should be like a Big ass Latina party. <laughs> like, cool. yeah. like I'm gonna have all my family there. Um, I've invited lots of people from the community, lots of my colleagues and friends, um, and lots of other families and people that are existing and present within that area. Mm-hmm. It's a very uh, prominently Latina neighborhood. So I'm really hopeful that you know this art can can really shine some light to my family's presence in the community. But I it felt important to me to make art that you know. Um, Contributed someone or, or some folks who live within the Springdale area have yeah. contributed to the expansion and presence of the Latine community here in the Northwest Arkansas region. And so when I got asked to do this um, installation, it was it just felt like the perfect opportunity to, to connect my family to to well being present in, mm. in that space. Nice. And, and I, th- I think I don't know, it just it's, it sounds so special. You know, the mm-hmm. fact that you are going to have your family there that you're honoring them and that it's in an area that's, you know, it's East Springdale. So yeah. it's like where all the brown folks are mm-hmm. at in Springdale. Yeah. Uh, the movers and shakers, you know, they're, they're in East uh, Springdale. And uh, do you think, you know, you said you're going to be interviewing yeah. your uncle. Is that going to get kind of emotional for you? It, it- it might, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm expected to cry. Um, yeah. It's okay to cry. For sure. But a lot of, of the questions that I'll be asking are, are things that I've already kind of figured out. And, of course, I, I want to expand on it and dive deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's more so for for the audience and and for guests to just learn about what they've done because mm -hmm. I mean my paintings can only tell so much like mm -hmm. I mean they they share some some moments but really it's more so like I, I just want to make paintings in their honor and give them the space to to share their story um, and to like you know make that presence themselves how would you describe your art the one that you're gonna be showing that like what does it consist of yeah so it's a series of um, paintings and uh, essentially we're like staking them into the yard and uh, they're they're portrait based, so I have like portraits of like my tío and my grandma, um, as well of just like snippets of, of the things that they've done. Like I have a piece that tributes La Mexicana, which is mm. uh, the tienda that my grandma opened up, and then also like the Civic Center. Um, and then I have a really like kind of bigger mural tapestry piece um, that includes more family members and mm. and um, also has like it pays a tribute to. Um, my mama Esperanza, my great grandmother's home in Mexico, um, mm. as well as um, kind of like the brick area in front of them, and then Murphy Park. Um, mm. So it's you know it's it's a mix of a lot of different things. Um, like I said, this was my first big project, um, mm. artist project since you know I mean in my professional artist career, um, and like I came back from a, literally a two year hiatus, not making any art. Mm. Um, and then when I was asked to do this, it, like I said, it just felt like perfect timing. Yeah. I was learning about my family already and, you know, and whenever they told me about like their goals with it, I'm like, well, shit, I, mm. I have to tell their story. Like mm -hmm. they are already connected to this community, like, mm -hmm. and this is art for that community. So, yeah, man. yeah I wanted to make sure that I, I took that time and, and just did it and I feel like you know I, I had like maybe two months to put it together mm. truthfully so and like my grandma and my tío have been out in Mexico like most of the summer yeah I saw your uncle all over the yeah, place yeah <laughs> I know I'm like tío can we meet he's like maybe next week uh, maybe through maybe, maybe phone call <laughs> um, but yeah um, so you know of course if I had more time I, I would have you know, dug a little deeper and, and mm. done a little bit more, but I'm I'm excited with the way that it's going. Uh, the planning for it has been really great, and I've been working with like really wonderful people who mm. are who are supporting. So, yeah, I'm excited. Well, I'm excited to check it out. Thank you. So it's yeah. this Saturday, and it's you said what was the time? Uh, four to six p.m. at um, the Live in America Residency House. So it's five oh six Holcomb Street. Okay. It's literally in the corner of Holcomb and Maple. Uh, you'll you'll see. I would tell people paintings. like by the by the post office. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. I believe so. Because Las Casuelas is yeah. right across mm -hmm. the street from the post office. Yeah. And so it's like around there. Parking, of course, uh, maybe park at the plaza um, and things <laughs> like that. Um, and you could just walk over. And it's very it's all outdoors. Um, so that is something too to consider. Put I your want, sunscreen on. Yeah, sunscreen. Make sure you hydrate. Um, we'll have like refreshments. We'll have snacks. All of that there. Um, and and hopefully the trees will provide some shade, but. Of course, we want to prioritize everyone's safety. So please, mm -hmm. like, make sure to take care of yourselves if you go, because it is two hours out in the sun. Um, or you could like drop in at any time as well. Um, so it, yeah, I'm really excited. It's picnic style too. There's gonna be mm. a bunch of like blankets uh, on the floor, like okay. very oh, yeah. minimal seating. Just, mm -hmm. just a heads up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it's supposed to be very like casual. You just kind of enter into the space. You check out the paintings. Uh, there'll be like a storytelling component like in the middle of it where we introduce the installation live in America itself as, mm. as an organization within the area um, and then yeah it, it should be pretty chill live music all of it um, but I'm excited for for everyone to check it out and support me because yeah it, it's different you know being an artist in this area and 
something that I'm really interested in doing now is giving back mm -hmm. to to my community as an artist. Um, I didn't really know about art opportunities growing up. Like it felt mm -hmm. very scary to say like, I wanna be an artist or I wanna be in the arts growing up because mm -hmm. I didn't see that. And I definitely didn't see people like me doing that. Uh, when did you start like actually, you know, writing or I mean drawing and yeah, stuff? Uh, honestly, like it's hard to say because I've been doing it all my life. I mean, my family, I, we have very talented artists, Damien, like my tío, I don't know if he's ever shared, but he's actually a very talented artist. Like oh, really? his drawings are incredible. My grandma as well. My dad too would always like make me drawings and, and paintings, and he would even like paint small murals onto tiendas and stuff back in the day. Um, and so I had always just seen that, and and they always encouraged it. And I think every year that I was in school, I was in an art class. So you oh. know, it was just something that I had always been interested in, um, but never knew like. I, I never was like, oh, I want to be an artist when I grow up mm -hmm. because it just it didn't feel. It's like hard to say. Man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I didn't see that representation. I didn't know how to even get there. And even when I went to the School of Art, like that was, you know, it was that was kind of what was talked about is how do you, you know, build your portfolio? How do you mm -hmm. build those connections and get yourself in the galleries and exhibitions? But truthfully, I was not interested in that. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see what else was in the arts. And it wasn't even until like my fifth year and my final year in, in undergrad um, that I took an arts entrepreneurship class and got to do uh, work with a nonprofit Open Mouth Literary Center. Mm. And I helped with their poet residency um, and worked as a volunteer poet uh, court residency coordinator for them for a while. And that's when I was like, oh, like there is yeah. like community access to the arts and there are people doing that work and that's not talked about. So mm -hmm. that was kind of how I got into the field that I'm in right now and, and art access and art education is very important to me now. I think you're still in the generation of, you know, like the first generation of Latinx, uh, Latine artists mm -hmm. in NWA. I mean, we've had some examples with, you know, Octavio Logo. I'm not sure if you mm -hmm. ever met him. Yeah. Or, or Alan, Toxic, Rodriguez. Yeah, Alan, I work with him. With who him. I just got a painting from yesterday. Oh, he painted awesome. my family. It was like a family oh, portrait. Oh, <laughs> well, I did Alan. see that. Shout out, yeah. Alan. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think you're still within. I and I hope you stay you know, active. I hope you still continue to put your art out there because I think it's important not only for, for like your career, but also to like ins inspire the future generation Thank of, you. you know, even, you know, give uh, women of color, Latina women, uh, an example to be like, okay, Audrey did it. Like I can do it too, you Thank know? You. So I think there's, there's an important uh, aspect to it there. It's like when you do this kind of work, it's not only for yourself, it's literally about like inspiring other people yeah, and I you're know. doing, you'd be doing that. Yeah. And that's something that I'm like really trying to teach myself. Cause I mean, like I said, I'm kind of introverted. Um, I don't like to be in, in the spotlight or like, you know, in, in presence of anything, even though I do community work, that's like the whole thing. <laughs> but, you gotta um, do, yeah. but um, at the same time, I'm, I'm realizing this isn't just about me. Like, you know, I'm yeah. I'm doing this to provide visibility to my family, mm -hmm. but also, like you said, provide that representation that I didn't see. And so, yeah. and there are really great Latina artists like here in the community, mm -hmm. a lot that I've worked with, a lot that I aspire to, to look to. Um, and I just met uh, Briseida Ochoa. Yeah. I just met her the other She's day. incredible. So I'm yeah. excited to see what she does too. Yeah, you know? no, there, there's definitely lots of artist opportunities and lots of amazing artists, BIPOC artists that are, you know, uh, being a part of that and, and really leading the way. So I'm I'm happy to to be a part of that and to contribute to that. And and I don't know where where my art career will go mm -hmm. or my artist career, but I know that you know I'm very passionate about art access and that's the field that I want to um, 
maintain and like stay in. Mm. Um, we need well. a Latina artist collab to happen. Ooh, so you, we get that. that um, on board. Yes. Uh, I recently saw Lupita Alvaran. Yes, also Lupita's amazing as well at uh, at Crystal Bridges. Uh, that'd be so cool to do yeah. something maybe in the future I'm just putting the idea out there you yeah, don't have to do it but I, I'm just throwing it out there I will, I will try <laughs> to make it happen for sure yeah. um, but I'm excited about this Audrey once again August 5th this Saturday 506 Holcomb Street 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, Los Hermanos Vega rooted in Springdale featuring artist you Audrey yes. Vega and this is free free 99 so you don't gotta yes. pay anything to, to hey, come yeah. right. light, light snacks uh-huh. um, light we'll snacks. have popcorn we'll have mini pupusas we'll have chicken salad we'll there have we fruta we'll have um agua frescas you know all, all the things so, so you got dinner covered okay yeah, no yeah, not dinner no, <laughs> no, 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 that's, no, been, but, that's uh, been the thing that we've tried to like uh, we got to make sure that they are light snacks pupusa don't sound that light audrey they're they're mini they're mini pupusas. Oh, okay i was about to say yes. you're about to serve us dinner it's 4 to 6 p.m yes. <laughs> dropping pupusas yeah. and drinks shout, shout out to my friend chantal she's been working on me or working with me on on all the catering and mm. is like doing like a food run of show and everything mm. it's like yeah so this is not full Great dinner. job Chantel. <laughs> like the mini pupusas yeah this is not full dinner it's gonna get you to dinner yeah. it's gonna uh, it's gonna get you to dinner you'll feel you'll feel filled yeah. and, and hungry for more yeah. so then you can hit up one of the spots on uh, on emma avenue oh, one yeah. of the sure. spots around there yes um, but Audrey, thank you once again for being here. I really appreciate you. I'm going to try to stop by and hopefully the people that are listening, this episode is going to drop tomorrow. So okay, we'll you. give people a heads up and yeah. uh, so they can be there. Um, but this is just exciting. I'm excited to see where this goes uh, go- going forward and also just what you do in the future. Hopefully we can have you as a guest back again in the future and you yeah. can provide an update on how the, uh, how the event went for you. Yeah. What's next? Uh, yeah. What's next? You yes. Said? Uh, working. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm working. I work a full-time job at, at Crystal Bridges. So, mm. um, I, you know, I'm doing that, but also I'm supporting like my other artist friends and their endeavors. Yes. So I'll be a part of, um, their projects and mm-hmm. opportunities. So Sounds more to good. come on that. I'll hey. definitely be highlighting them as they come. So Sounds good. Yeah. Well, everybody, that was the end of episode 201 of the District 3 podcast, uh, joined today by artist Audrey Vega. Uh, my name is Irvin. And my name is Migs. Signing off till next week. Catch you all next week. Mm-hmm.